Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. Ah, welcome. Welcome into another episode. I'm excited. I've got a... uh, I've got a guy who's pretty comfortable on a microphone with me here. Probably, probably quite a bit more comfortable than myself, even on a microphone. Uh, I'm here with, I didn't even know that we had an individual in Fergus. And I think that when, when this episode comes out, lots of people are going to be surprised that we even have an individual in Fergus that is as deep into the world of voiceovers as you are. But I'm here with, it's Bob, Bob Baker. We're not we're not talking to Bob Barker this morning. He's gotten this his whole life, but we're talking to Bob Baker this morning. And uh you are uh six year you're six years into this um venture as a voiceover artist. So I'm excited yeah. to hear your story. You're not a Fergus native. Nope. So we're gonna uncover all of that. Uh but welcome in here this morning. Well, thanks for having me, Jacob. Yeah. Uh second podcast of I've ever done. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share this story today. Um, it's going to be fun. So, yeah. and, you, and your mic sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, we are drinking Stumbinos. You, yeah. you are friends with uh, my my first original sponsor of the show, Stumbinos. Right. We're we're uh, drinking this. Uh, it's the Big Water Breakfast Blend. I believe it's a uh, robust cocoa cedar. Is that? I think that's the flavor description on there. So. Mm, Greg, very, very good. Greg does it so good. We've turned into golfing buddies. So this whole summer we've been golfing usually once or twice a week. So, and he had, he, I think he had told me, he told me about this podcast Okay, and uh, someone else had told me about it. And I said, well, let me look into this thing. So I listened to a couple, it sounded awesome. And here I am. Well, I'm, I'm super, super glad you reached out and I'm always, uh, always excited to talk about kind of unique unique uh, businesses and, and things that people do in our town. So right. on top of Stumbino's here, I do have to thank uh, Elevate Dispensary, Victor Lundin's uh, Hotel 8, Biffley's Bookmark, and then joining the show as a sponsor, uh, Lakes Area Grow Co. as well. So all you know, shout out to those downtown businesses, businesses uh, all across town that are, uh, that are choosing to support this. I really appreciate you guys. So all right, Bob, I kind of want to just, I think I'm going to play one of these samples. Do you think we should play one of these voice samples before we I, get into your story that, at all? So the, people kind of have an idea of what it is that we're, we're going to talk about and what it is you do here. I, I mean, it might be helpful because a lot of the questions I get when I hate telling people what I do because the first thing they say is, well, I've heard you in a national ad. And that's, that's like the, the measurement. Right. You know, so maybe play something. Yeah, and I'm going to play the yeah. Nissan one. It's, this is the, uh, 2000 the 2022 nissan frontier yep. truck commercial that you did yep. so we'll play that and give people an idea of kind of what you, what you got and they've probably heard you before you probably heard the voice before <laughs> okay there's we'll a chance see. that you have maybe not maybe. we'll talk about that yeah yep. <laughs> advancement requires looking forward and adapting to change introducing the all-new 2022 nissan frontier this truck is made to do more Built on Mississippi's sweat and pride, here in Canton, rising to the challenge is part of our DNA. Together, we fought through hard times to earn the right to introduce a truck bred to never take a day off. You have to know strong to build strong. And around here, strong is who we are. The unmistakable mark of a legend. The all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. The culmination of over six decades of groundbreaking truck expertise. Crafted in Mississippi. What bold and rugged looks like. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's it. That's that's what you do. That's what I do. But there's, and we'll talk about this, but I want to tell you a story behind the Nissan at some point. Yeah, why not now? Okay. Tell it so, now. We'll get into your background after that. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, like people, you know, the big question I think people ask, and I did when I stumbled into this world, it's like, how do you even get these jobs? Like, how do you get a job like that? And, you know, 
do you have to go to a studio in Minneapolis? Do you have to have an agent? I mean, how does that even work? And I'll talk more about like the rest of this when we get going, but try to make this short. I did one job for a guy and it was basically, he, you know, he sent me a message. Hey, you know, Bob, I came across your stuff. I've got a kid in high school. Can you just kind of do this voiceover for their like marching band, you know, to play before the football game or something, you know, nice guy. And he says, like, this is kind of the budget I'm working with. I said, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Sounds like a fun project. I got kids in school. Let's do it. You know? So, you know, basically gave him a bunch of options, delivered quickly, you know, great service, great quality, all those things. And he's like, Hey, really appreciate it, Bob. I'll remember you. I forget about this guy. I move on. Mm. Uh, maybe a month later, I get an email of the blue from the marketing manager of Nissan, who's the same guy. I never knew that. Uh. He says, Hey Bob, you know, you did such great work. We really appreciate it. I got a spot for you. We want you to do it. Huh? Nissan frontier. Dang. So <laughs> I mean, dang, so that just came from a, working with some high schoolers. Well, he was, voiceover. well, it hit, you know, the, the, the yeah. guy that contacted me, the dad, he was the marketing manager dang. for Nissan. So I didn't, but he didn't tell me that. Mm. And the moral of the story was basically, you know, no matter what job you get, mm. it's an opportunity to get your voice in front of someone mm. who might hear it, you know, so we could talk more about that yeah, later. No, I'm excited yeah. to uncover your story because we yeah. kind of talked about it before we started recording, but you are, you were 50 when you 50. got this break. Yeah. And, and one thing it's always like, especially someone who's just getting started or getting some, trying to get something going on their, on the side, find out what their side passion is, find out what their passion is to dive into, to do for themselves. Like right. it's never too late to do that. And you never know. Everything can change really fast. Something can change really right. fast. You can get an opportunity really, really fast out of nowhere. You never know when the next person you meet is going to turn into that next big break for you and right. whatever you're trying to do. Right. So exactly. I'm excited to hear about it. So where are you from originally? Okay. So uh, the story, when I was thinking about this, because I'd listened to a little your podcast, this start of you know your story, you're younger than I am, but I don't know if you ever heard of the show, This Is Your Life, you know, where they like call people out. Here's your kindergarten teacher from this. this <laughs> I don't know if I know that, but I love it. Yeah, this <laughs> okay. is your life. So basically my dad was in the military, 25 years, so military brat. And so I spent my, you know, from being born, I was born in Frankfurt, Germany, in an American hospital. Uh, for that first 18 years, we're, you're like a gypsy. You know, every three years, mm -hmm. you pack up and you move where your dad gets stationed. So United States, all over I lived, you know, Germany, all over. Um, graduated from Frankfurt American High School when I was 18 over there. And basically, I, of course, you know, I went in the military. My dad tried to talk me out of it. You know, you don't want to do that, but I did. Hmm. I went in for four years. I was stationed in Fort Benning, Georgia. And they, they all, he got out and they went up to Washington State. So I did my four years and I loved it. It was a great experience. Got out, moved back up to Washington State where I lived for 25 years in Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma. T that's where my dad was born. Yeah, T-Town. My dad was born so, in Tacoma. Right. Yeah. So lived there for 25 years. During that time, met uh, my wife, Molly, who's from Fargo. Okay. And I, what struck me about her when I first met her, we, I think we'd gone out for a coffee or something, and we ordered some bagels. And she said, can I get a bagel? And I said, what <laughs> is a bagel? <laughs> you know, so then I started to learn about the Midwest, and you know, through her and stuff. We don't all talk. I know, that. I know, Come but on. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard it. <laughs> You've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it. You've heard it. And so... Um, We've been together 22 years. So awesome. basically what happened then, though, is I worked 20 years for the state out there, and I was able to kind of semi-retire from the work I did. And basically her mom- What were you doing for the state? I worked for the Department of Corrections okay. for 20 years. Okay, so like a corrections officer? I started as that, and then I ended up moving my way up through the, on the, you know, in, the ladder. In, in Seattle, Tacoma. In, in Tacoma, yeah. So that there's that prison. They're all over, yeah. All over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I worked at three prisons, and then I became a healthcare administrator at headquarters and did that. Uh, but yeah, I worked at the last island prison in the nation. Really? I did. I had to take a boat to work. Whoa. Where, yeah. is that? where was that at? McNeil Island. Is that outside of... S uh, just, oh, it's in Tacoma. Okay. Across the bay. Interesting. So did that. But that was a crazy job. I loved that career. It was awesome. Um, was so, but basically what happened is I was at a point like we want, I wanted to change to get out of the big city. My, uh, wife's mom wasn't doing well out here in Fargo. So I said, Hey, let's do something crazy and let's move out to the Midwest and be closer to her family, her mom and help out and all those things. And, uh, so we did. 
So I Googled this area and found this town, Fergus Falls, and I came out here. And what struck me, because people always said, well, you moved here? And I said, yeah, we moved here. Because what struck me is it was like a Norman Rockwell painting to me. Huh. Like, you know, the kids were riding their bike. Like when I was a kid, you know, kids hmm. out riding their bikes, you know. You know, it just had that feel to me, and I liked it. Yeah. And I had littler kids at the time, and I thought, you know, I want them to kind of grow up in that kind of environment mm-hmm. and to be close to her family, too. So we moved out here, and we've been here for 11 years now. Yeah. It is yeah. a great – Fergus is a great community. It's a great family uh, place to raise a family. It is. A great community. I mean, I grew up here uh, riding my bike around town all right. to all my friends' houses and all that stuff, and – um it's a, it's a safe, relatively safe community. I mean, towns go through their cycles as right. far as dealing with crime and all that stuff. But Fergus is a safe community in the scheme of the world. Well, compared to Tacoma. Yeah. Compared I mean, I to Tacoma. <laughs> I love yeah. Tacoma, but, you know, it's definitely not so, the safest place. Um, growing up, did you, you moved around a lot growing up. Yeah. Did you have some, like, work that you got into? Did you go to college before you became a CEO? Well, yeah. Or, so, or, Oh, yeah, yeah, I missed that part. So when I got out of the military, I had the college fund, so I went to college. Did that for four years, you know, worked the odds. So you, right out of high school, you joined the military? I did. Okay. Right away. Did your four years? Did my four years. And then went to college? And went to college. Okay. Then after that, you know, tried different jobs. And I think my dad was getting worried I was going to be, like, a permanent student, you know, like – Going to school forever. So he's the one that told me, you know, these prisons are hiring. And I thought, you know, I don't want to work in a prison. And I I, I think I put the application in just to get them off my back. And then, but I went and did an interview. I got hired. And I once I got into it, you know, uh, there I saw there was opportunity within that system. And in a weird way, when you'd go into work in a prison, like there was never a day that was the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, it's just a whole different world. And, and it intrigued me so did it for 20 years. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, and then obviously family, it sounds like your mother-in-law brought you back to the area. Yep. You guys settled in Fergus. And then what were you doing for work right away when you got back to Fergus? So I was going to do consulting work, having with prisons when I came back here. But when I looked more into it, it was like, you know, I'd have to fly to all these different prisons across the country, be away from the family. I didn't want to do that. So I didn't do that. Tried some different jobs, but, they, but I just never like, they were fine jobs, but they just didn't uh, meet my needs. There was like something mm-hmm. missing, like a purpose or something. I just couldn't mm-hmm. get passionate about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of struggled trying to find something that would work. And then I stumbled into voiceovers. Okay. So what year did you move to Ferg? How long have you guys been in Fergus? Uh, six. Oh, no. No, we're at 11 years now. 11 years. 11 years. So you kind of floated for f- four years yep, or so. Doing different stuff. Yep. Odd jobs, yep. whatever, yep. whatever just you could do. And yep. then, and okay. And driving the wife crazy. She's okay. like, you got you to gotta, so you gotta find that something. That guy you met from Nissan, that all happened in Fergus? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't start the voiceovers till here. Okay. You know, the, the voice, yep. that happened during the voiceover journey along okay. the way. Yeah. Gotcha. So what background in that? Did you develop throughout your life? Zero. None. You just have this voice. Well, People hear you and they're like, oh, no. you should, you got a voice. No. Well, okay, well, you want to talk about, okay, this, well, let's talk about the background because I do think there is some things that help in voiceovers. One, well, one is I think you got to have some confidence. I mean, when you're doing voiceovers, you got to believe in what you're saying and what you're communicating because people pick up on that, right? Right. So the other is, I think, life experience. You know, moving around as an army brat all over the world, you're around all these different people. You know, you have to be able to quickly make new friends. So part of that's communication. So I think just having life experience helps when you're talking about things, when you're trying to connect with the listener. And we'll talk about that more. That's the big part of voiceovers is being able to connect with the listener, right? So life experience. And then in my old job as a healthcare administrator, I did a lot of public speaking. And part of that was when there was bad news and I had to tell the staff and, you know, bring about change. You're trying to convince people that this is good change. So again, back to being able to communicate and convey a message. I think all those things have helped me in this new weird career. And then there's, I think there's gotta be something to like a physique or a build. Like you're not, are you a smoker or not? No, no, you're not a cigarette smoker. 
Well, have uh, you been? No, 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 no. Okay. No, Cause no. you don't sound like it. Like sometimes like, I don't know. I don't know. Renee, Renee Erickson does my intro for the podcast. Okay. I don't know her, her history, but she's got that raspy voice right. that like, I think you only get that voice in one way. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that. I don't think do no, I? you no, don't, no, you no. don't, you have like this, like crisp, clear, sort of like deep, tone right deeper tone to your voice (laughs) which i feel like now and maybe there's like a maybe it's like a a body type that hat that hat because i because your voice is very similar to the voice that you hear it's kind of like a generic when you get into your character your voiceover character it's kind of like a generic voice amongst the industry right Right. isn't that sort of like a you sort you guys sort of all kind of sound similar not all but a lot of you guys sound similar yeah, and I mean, we could dive into that. I mean, because I what I really about the voice thing. Yeah. So here's here's the analogy I think of, and I'll probably get this totally wrong, but I'll, you know, people get enamored with the like the you know, we got a good voice, so you're going to get a lot of voiceover work, and it's so far from the truth, hmm. because when you know it's one thing to have maybe like the radio voice or that thing. But most voiceover um, clients aren't looking for that, to be honest. You know, they're not looking for this always booming kind of DJ voice. I mean, there's, I think there's a misnomer about that. And, in fact, I've been rejected many times because they say, no, nah, you just sound too big and boomy. You know, hmm. you just we need something more normal, natural. So in the voiceover world industry, and, you know, I hope we talk about this, is like, you know, how do you, do you have to have a great voice? Do you have to be like, um, what's what's the one guy, everybody? Like Sam Elliott. Or do you, do you have to have some great voice to get work? And the answer is absolutely not. And there are many people that you've heard, let's say, singers with great voices. But do they do it for you? Do they draw you in? Do they create emotion? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And then you got like a Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. who maybe doesn't have the best voice. Right. But is a storyteller, Right. Yeah. So that that the, the what, what I want people to hear is if you want to get into voiceovers, you don't have to have a great voice. Yeah. But you got to be able to tell a story. I like it. That's I the key. Li- I like it. So, getting back to telling your story. Yeah. Then, you got into. You had this background. You did the first. You must have done a voiceover before you were approached to do the school voiceover. Was that the yeah? Very that first was a one? while. That was into it a little bit. So okay. when I started. Yep. Yep. How how I actually started started was. Um, I was driving my wife crazy at home. She's like, you got to find, <laughs> you got to find something. And I announced some baseball games, you know, parents, you know, th- parents do that. Announce the hockey game. People say, oh, you got a good voice, you know, and I'd never paid any attention to that. Like never even thought twice about that. Like, oh, thanks, you know, whatever. Um, and then my wife came up one day and she says, Hey Bob, I was talking to a nurse last night. She says, have you ever thought about doing audiobooks?" And so I thought, well, let me, Google it, I guess, you know, I, you know, so I get on, I start Googling audiobooks, and that was it. Once I started, you know, I, I stumbled into this world of voiceovers. I thought, wait a minute, you can like do this from home and I like, get paid to do it. And like, you're your own boss. And you know, I thought, wait a minute. So, and that was it. I, mm. I started to basically consume as much as I could about, you know, recording, you know, becoming a sound engineer, you know, setting up a recording space. How do you get, I mean, I just went crazy. Hmm. Right. And my first job I got literally was I had a cheap $60 mic, little computer. I put a blanket over my head and I recorded the spot in on this cheap mic with a blanket over my head. And I got this job. And it was for a guy who wanted an intro like you have for a podcast. Yep. And I must, <laughs> I must have did a hundred takes. This guy was never satisfied, but I just kept going. I'm losing my voice. I just, and I, you know, he paid me pennies, hmm. but there was something about it. It's like, wait a minute. Like there's something magic for me. Yeah. This is, there's something magically like, yeah. like I, I could do this. Hmm. And so I finished the job. It was my first paid job six years ago. And I was like, all right, it's game on. 
There you go. And I just went, I, you know. Did you find that on like Fiverr or? Uh, I think that one, no, that one th- was through Upwork. Upwork. So but it's all similar kind of stuff. They're, tough, they're right? all Fiverr, Upwork, Voices, Voice123, uh, Voice. There's all these sites out there that you can get work through. Yeah. I, uh, gosh, it's like I have really, really hard time not just talking about AI whenever I get a guest on. Well, can we wait for, we'll wait future outlook. We'll talk yeah. about AI okay. and AI voices and, and all that yep. crazy stuff that's coming up yep. that, could, that could, that could affect the industry, could. you know, but uh, I think it already, already is. It already is for sure. So when you got started, it was like all those Fiverr, Upwork, all that stuff. And then you just sort of network from there well, and, build, and find gigs and network from there. Yeah. I think, you know, you know, if you're going in to do voiceovers, I think it's it. There's there could be a belief like, oh, you know, you you just start getting work. It just happens. Well, it's not reality. It is it is no different than any other entrepreneur freelancer work where you're trying to drum up business. It is no different. It is super competitive. There are thousands and thousands of other people out there at home in their homes and studios competing against you. So you're you're like a starving actor. You're basically you're auditioning for one job after another with the hope that they pick you out of the hundreds, right? And you have to have the tenacity and the thick skin to handle rejection. Like an act, you're an actor. You're, you're going to get rejected every day until that one point you get one. Mm. And you're like, whoa, okay, I got one. This is it. I got one. And it might be a small job. But when you get that job, just like the story with Nissan, mm. you give it all you got, like you yep. make this the best voiceover you've done in your life, no matter right. what it is, because what you really want is that client to come back to you like mm-hmm. any small business, right? You want them, you want to become their voice. Well, and at some point you obviously build a network. Cause I don't know if Nissan was your first big one. It sounds like, or it wasn't, not. No. it wasn't, it my, wasn't my first, well, I'll say first it wasn't like big, big, but big name for me. And this was in my second booth, which was, I call it the blanket booth. Yeah. So how'd you grow? Talk, talk to me, talk to me about the studio growth, the okay. equipment growth here so a little bit. We went from the blanket over the head and I quickly transitioned. I, I built like a telephone booth, two by fours in the basement, wrapped it in blankets. I bought from the local thrift stores. I called it the blanket booth. And we're trying to deaden some of the, you know, the reflections that are coming off the walls is what we're trying to do. Right. And so I get in there. I got, I got. I have a little better mic now. I bought a Blue Yeti Pro, so I got a little, bit, little better mic. And I get a job, and I was so pumped when I got this. It was for uh, Gonzaga, out in Eastern Washington. It was for the Final Four. Oh. And I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, I've hit. This was like other jobs before that were like call wait, you know, on hold messages, whatever. I get this Final Four Gonzaga one, and I'm through the roof. And I basically, that was probably my first biggest job. And uh, they used it. And yeah, so that was probably my first biggest job. That was one. like a basket, like a, like, yeah, a, was, yeah. like a team ad or something? Well, for- it was just, a, it was to pump it up locally, you know, that they were in the final four. And it uh. had like, it was the typical like ESPN guys going into dunk it and the crowd cheering. It was, you it know, was like. A big na- your first big national commercial. Yeah. Like it, first big, and, and I, don't yeah. Even, I think it was kind of regional. It wasn't regional. even. But, but just the fact that it was. For the final four. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it was yeah. kind of, it felt good. And, and then since then, it's like all the big names here. I mean, Budweiser, Honda, Fox Sports, Microsoft, Caterpillar, Lamborghini, Ford, Chevy, um, Nissan, Mercury, Shields, John Deere, Callaway. You got like, you've worked with a ton of different companies right. since doing smaller, whether it be smaller regional ads or dealer right. ads or some national ads. Right. Um, so that network then builds. Yeah. So but, let's, yeah, those all came over the six years, but they definitely didn't happen overnight. And, and part of this is honing your craft, right? Obviously, mm. you know, when you're doing work for, Budweiser, ES, I mean, you've got to deliver. Like they're expecting studio, professional studio quality work, period. Right. And so, but I didn't start with them. And and, the, and what I want to share with people, if you're trying to do voiceovers or get into it, you got to think long-term. Like, you, I mean, you might get really lucky, I guess, at the start, but the reality is you're at the bottom level 
you're, you know, you get a job here and here, a door opens here, a door, you know, and maybe now you get a door opens a little bit higher level and you just keep progressing, move, I say moving up with the level of your clients as you get better, as you build your portfolio mm. and you're able to deliver. Because, you know, I do one for like Lamborghini. As soon as I got the Lamborghini one, that was a big one. Because I could then take the Lamborghini spot, that ad, and I could put it in my portfolio. Bam. Bam. Yep. Now, now when Budweiser looks and goes, well, shit, oops, sorry. Oh, you're good. You're oh. good. You're, you're, you're <laughs> good. <laughs> sorry. Don't worry about it. Okay. Says, um, oh, he's the owner for Lamborghini. He must be legit. Right. Now that door prop might open. It did. Absolutely. And so, um, that's the, the way it works. Legitimizing that, yourself. That's right. right. Yep. But you have to hold you. I mean, I'm telling you, like when you start getting the bigger clients, they expect you to know what you're doing mm. and deliver. So your responsibility is you got to keep learning efficient delivery and, and, and learn quality. and improve yep. and then have a thick skin and you have to be flexible because these clients, they're, they're not pulling any punches. They're not saying, oh, hey, Bob, you know, that was really great. Thanks for your effort. They're saying, hey, we need these lines done, this line. You know, you got to redo this. We need more, you know, emphasis on this. You need to, you know, downward inflection here. And if they're doing a directed session, which I've done, they're all on the camera with you. They're all on the producers, directors, and they're telling you this on the fly. Mm. And you got to be able to listen to the direction and deliver. Yeah. Which is gut wrenching. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier when they just say, here's your script. Right. This is what we need. Deliver us the product. And right. you can do that on your own time, right. in your own way, in your home studio right. without the pressure of p being on a call with everyone. Right. Say, yeah. Change this, do this, yeah. tweak and, this. And a lot of them are good though. And a lot of them are yep. know that. So they try to make it, you know, relaxed and, you know, it's usually a positive experience, but you know, you got to deliver. But so again, the moral of the story is those clients didn't come initially. Of course. It, it took years to get to that point. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, you're a, just a like a solopreneur or like a is that what you you have like a sole sole proprietorship? That's me. Is yep. your is your business? So you you're not an LLC. You just nope. work for yourself. You got yep. everything's filed through your own personal taxes. Yep. All that stuff. That's yep. how that that's how that works. I, and then, I do have a manager. You do have Informed, a manager. Yes. Okay. Uh, my wife. Okay. Uh, the reason, she's the manager. If, she's the boss. She's the boss. I'll she's tell you the why. Boss. Yeah. If you. <laughs> If you're doing voiceovers or you want to get into it, or maybe you're doing it already, one thing you experience is isolation. And I think this is for a lot of freelancers and mm -hmm. entrepreneurs that work from home. It yeah. is you, right? Yep. And especially in voiceovers, you know, you're hearing your voice all the time. And so you become a little bit like tunnel vision and biased of what you're hearing. So my poor wife, you know, I'm like, hey, I need you to come out to the studio. She's like, for what? She's like, I'm like, I need you out here. So this is happening like multiple times a day. Out as she has to come, she has to listen with this neutral ear and then give me honest feedback. So having people that can kind of be honest with you and say, ah, you know, that that doesn't sound right or that sounds great, you know, and, and I think that's important. That's why mm. I call her my kind of informal managers. Because you sometimes you'll do a spot and you'll you'll record it 10 times and you just feel like you, you're, not, you're not getting it right. And so then I go to her and say, hey, I'm trying to, I, I can't dial this in. And then she gives me good feedback and boom. There you go. Yeah. And you do all of it out of your house. I have an external studio now. I mean, okay. I've built. You built. So so you went from the the yeah. stages. You had the blanket over the mic. Yeah. And then you got the Yeti Pro with like a little blanket studio. Then I built the sweat box. I call the it the sweat, sweat box. box. So the sweat box was plywood replicating the telephone booth, you know, kind of style. Yep, yep, yep. And I call it the sweat box because there was no AC in it, nothing. It was in the basement. And I spent, I don't know, maybe two years in this thing, but the summer, because you have to seal yourself in there, you know, when you're yep. recording and I'm, <laughs> and it would get hot, but you know, it was part of the journey. And what I think was important was kind of doing it on your own. You really learn because you're making so many mistakes. Like you're learning as you go. If you do it yourself, I think. And so I built that booth. Then I built another one in the garage, a nicer, bigger studio. And now I have a standalone one on my property. Nice. Yeah. So nice. You go out there and go to work. How many like different projects are you working on at one time? Or like how busy are you? Cause it's gotta yeah. be hard to, you're constantly grinding to try and 
get the next check and make the next. That's right. Set the next. The life up. of a freelancer. That's what it is. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's right. not. A, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, but I love. I'm telling you right now. If I discovered this 30 years ago, yeah. I don't know. I I think when I've never. I've always worked traditional jobs. Mm. You know, collect a paycheck. That's right. 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yep. But when I stumbled in this world, I think, wait a minute. So like, um, I get out of this when I put into it, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so, and I have full control of that, you know, how much I put into it. And, and I'm kind of, I'd say old school in that way. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going all in, you know, that's, that means putting money into the studio. That means putting time into the studio. But I mean, I work every day. Yep. I work every day and I'm grateful for that. I get up and there's a, you know, I got to have a couple emails today from clients, a couple of jobs on this site and it's a wonderful thing, Yep. but it didn't start out like that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, do you, how long was it then? Were you doing this on the side for a little bit with some other jobs before? Did you, well, there was one day you're just like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm signing up for Upwork. I'm signing up for these sites and I'm making this happen. I'm unemployed. This is what I'm doing. But yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, we were fine financially. My wife was working and I was, had a retirement, you know, from the state in Washington. So financially we weren't worried about our money, you know, as far as that goes, but to answer the question, yeah, once I started, I said to her, I'm full in. Yep. Let's do this. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. And and I'm grateful to her because she said, yeah, do it. It's, but, you know, but when you start to drop money on equipment, as you know, mm. especially when you start buying higher-end audio equipment, it is not cheap. Mm. And so to pull the trigger on that when you're not getting a lot of work is a risk. Yeah. But we took it, and it all paid off. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. Um. So employees, you mentioned just basically your wife helps you out. Uh, otherwise, your operations, like you're all online then, but across a bunch of different sites, you're yep. listed on like, you're probably listed on Fiverr. You're probably listed on all those all different booking sites. Yeah. And that's mainly how you draw clients or is there also like a, like a more private network that you're involved in now? Well, yeah. So when I start, I mean, I'm on those sites, but like I don't, nowadays I don't really audition at all, to be honest. I used to always have to audition, but I've said, you know, I've been able to build this portfolio Mm. and people, you know, word of mouth. So I get work through the sites um, without having to go really audition too much anymore. And then I, through email, get, work, you know, a client, I'll do work for like regular clients. They'll tell someone about, Hey, we use Bob here. They'll shoot me an email. So, um, yeah, I'm luckily in that way. I don't have to do a lot of like reaching out nowadays to yeah. get work. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, awesome. it's a, it's a great thing. I'm happy for it. And, uh, do you ever travel? Did you, do you ever travel and I, go do these like, on site? I did once. It was fun. <laughs> so, uh, Minneapolis, um, what's the studio? Can't remember the name. They got a. They have a studio downtown. It was in maybe it was in St. Paul or downtown Minneapolis. But basically, top floor. Um, what was it? I can't remember the name of it. But basically, I got hired for a job for a TV commercial that was going to air regionally. And you know, she said, "Hey, can you come down the cities to the studio?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So we go on down there, with the wife and I. And I'd never been in a like I'll call it a real studio. So you know, a little intimidation factor. You walk in there. You know, they got the bottles of water out, and you know the big leather cow. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> like a legit real studio, right? Right. Hey, I got you a bottle. You got a bottle of water here. <laughs> I, I, I think it might've been a different bottle, but <laughs> you know, but they're, they're doing like, you know, work for Disney and all I, this. Right, yeah. Right. So, right. You know, so I, I go in there and I get in this um, isolation room and you know, it's probably twice as long as this or whatever, but you know, they got and you know, the mics in front of me, it's a $10,000 microphone annoyment, you know, and I'm like, looking, I'm like, Oh my goodness. So, and here's this big window to my left, right? This big, I'm like in a fishbowl and the sound engineer producer, you know, the agency that hired me on the phone is the company I'm doing the work for, you know, all these people are just staring at you. Right. Yeah. And then here's the copy, the script in front of me and like, all right, Bob, or we're gonna go through this. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm and cool, like I, you know, I've got this. You know, but inside I'm ready to throw up. You oh know, yeah. It's like, yeah, this is you know, huh. and you know, it must have been 110 degrees. Now I got some like turtleneck sweater on. I remember, <laughs> I'm I'm dying. <laughs> but 
you know, we went through it and, you know, they were all awesome. And I just remember the, this young guy, the, the producer guy, he just kept saying, Bob, we need more smiles. We need more smiles, Bob. Keep smiling. We want you to smile hard. <laughs> smile. So, yeah. And we're like on take 50. And I'm thinking, I'm blowing this. Like, I have blown this. And they're like, all right, take 50. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I thought, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'll never get a job again. Like, I, you know, so at the end, I'm like, wow, that was great. We loved it. I'm thinking, oh, great. And I walk out. I'm ready to pass out. And, um, I come downstairs and the wife, she's looking, she's like, man, you were up there a while. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, but it went good. They loved it. They used it. I got paid for it. Yep. And it was a great experience to kind of see how that works in a studio. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like, that's, that's pretty, so those onsite, not preferable, not preferred. You prefer to work kind of at your own pace in the studio, in your own home studio, or do you like that? I think I do better on my own Yeah. because what I do is um, I ask the, I think I ask the right questions to find out because doing voice voiceovers is like throwing darts. Like, you know, like the wall. Because you got to imagine the client says, hey, Bob, we want a voiceover. It's for, let's say, the Nissan truck one, right? And the direction might be, uh, yeah, we're looking for the Ford Tough voiceover. Here's this copy. Um, you know, we kind of want kind of want this feel. I'm like, okay. Kind of, okay. Anything else? Nope, go for it. So now you're like, okay. And you're trying to figure. And you might not. I didn't even see the video. Like, I didn't, I didn't even see the video, the visuals, nothing. And so... You're trying to figure out what style to, you know, Ford tough, but like how aggressive, you know, or toned down. I mean, how, so you're trying to figure that out. So then you, let's say you do five versions, all varying in intensity and tone and whatever it goes to them. Hey, Bob, I think it sounds great, but let me get it to the rest of the folks. Well, I got to imagine there's a room full of people, all with different opinions. Mm-hmm. So now it comes back, well, you know, they want, you know, so this goes, you know. You can't make everybody happy you can't, all the time. Right, you right. Can't. You can't. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that's kind of the process. Um, but I, I do like it when they kind of just say, hey, Bob, do your thing. We trust you. And that's kind of where I'm at now with most of them. Um, where it becomes a challenge is, you know, I do voiceovers for people all around the world, not just the United States. Hmm. So, you know, I might get one from uh, Finland I might get one from the Philippines. And when they say, hey, we want it emotional, their perception of what emotional is. Absolutely. Is totally different. Totally. So if I do one for Dubai, I do a lot of work for there. Uh, what they want is, you know, they like the manly, bold sound, you know. And then I might do one for, like I said, the Philippines where they want it, you know, more subdued. And it just, mm. and you got to figure that puzzle out. Do you know, um, have you ever met Rolando uh, Filizola? Filizola, I think is how you say his name. He runs the uh, Visit Fergus Falls organization. No. So Rolando is from South America, and he's lived all over the world and traveled, but he was the, uh, he did voiceovers, dubbed over um, South Park. He was like the voice of like a bunch of South Park characters in Spanish. Right. So he's the only other guy I've on had on here. That's done. Like he, he had like a whole voice voice actor career kind of before. Have you ever got into like, you're doing some TV shows now. Do you want to talk about some, how you kind of got involved in some of these TV shows, narrating these TV shows? Yeah. Two, the two main ones I do now is uh, Hayden outdoors and they're uh, basically they're a national um, brokerage for these like high end uh, ranches and farms across the country, um, and so they started the TV show that they use like for, and this was pretty awesome. I felt kind of cool for a minute. Is their first host was Brett Favre? You know? Oh, yeah. So I got to narrate with for him. Brett Favre. Yeah. So that, was, that felt kind of cool. Um, but what happened is I just did the intro for it, and they dug it. So they were like, uh, hey, let's have them narrate. You know, so just kind of open that door. Um, and then I do uh, Mojo TV. They, they're the they're a big duck hunting, hunting kind of outfit. And I've probably worked for them now four years. Okay. And narrate their, their episodes that they play. I was doing one for Florida, a fishing show, but that one ended. Um, yeah, but those are fun because those are regular clients. I know what yeah. they want. They send me the copy. Boom, I knock it out and there life go. is good. So where in the career trajectory career path did that stuff start to come in so you had your final four gig yeah and that was 
sort of your confidence, like in yeah. the, in the levels of uh, being a solopreneur or like going after your own gig, like that was like the confidence stage where you started to break through and believe that you could probably believe in yourself to work on bigger, bigger right. projects. Yeah. And then from there, where did all this other stuff kind of start to pop in? I think it just trickled in over the years. And I think um, the Lamborghini one really, I think, helped open things up. And I've done two for Lamborghini, but that one came pretty early. And that was probably after the final four. Um, but I think, uh, again, it wasn't like one day this all happened. It has been trickling in over the years. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, that's, yeah. that, that makes yeah. sense. Yep. That makes yeah. sense. Yep. yep. Um, and like the TV ones, again, it wasn't like all of a sudden I just got them all. I mean, they just trickled in and I'd wake up and get an email and think, Hey, I got one for, you know, and there'd be an exciting moment. But the reality in voiceovers, though, at least for me, and if you look this up, you'll probably find the same thing. You don't make your income from the big ticket items, like the Lamborghini ones, the two. I mean, those are great spots and excited for those great, you know, portfolio builders. But Lamborghini, unless you become like the Mercedes guy, you know, the Lamborghini, they don't come to you for every job. Right. So, so they're far and few between. Where you do the well in voiceovers is having work every day, right? Yep. And that is regular stuff, explainer videos, people's voicemail. You know, you're doing these little base hits all day, these little jobs all yep. day. And then the Autotel Power one. Yeah. You know, well, like, that, but yep. that was, yeah, that was yep. a great, great job. Yep. Should we play the Autotel Power? Sure. Let's play the Autotel Power. Just a whole lot of prep. You see, we're expecting the unexpected. The strength of our grid lies in the strength of our teams and our willingness to go above and beyond. Day or night, rain or shine, when you need us most, we'll be there. So yeah, most of your stuff, I mean, but, but not even, most of your stuff is even more basic than like that commercial there. Some of it's even, like you said, what would you, what were you saying? Like recording yeah, I mean, voice like, memos but, but and stuff? Like, I mean, I do most of that now, but before yep. that, leading up to it. Like in this, again, this is where you get, I'd say, for most voiceover artists, 50, 60, 70% of your work is regular kind of stuff. You know, again, um, you know, explainer videos on YouTube. You know, there, there's uh, companies running a video on talking about how to hook up uh, their their tow hitch to the truck or, mm. you know, or you're doing, um, staff, uh, videos for a company where they, it's like a mm. safety video. I mean, they're all, yeah, or getting hired to do a podcast intro or something podcast, like that. Yeah. yeah. You, there, there's a whole gamut of, you've done a handful of podcast I intros. Gotcha. I have, yeah. I, you know, I didn't know you existed. I just, I, you know, I didn't even know we might have to try to work something out before it's all said and done. Who knows? Well, I'd be behooved if I didn't at least maybe get, you, maybe get pull you could something do it. from I could bring you to my studio. Maybe, maybe, you yeah. know, I do like Renee. I like Renee's voice though. I appreciate uh, having my old teacher, right. one of my old teachers on there. Yeah, too, that's awesome. So. <laughs> but again, it's, you know, again, like that one right there, the Autotel power company, you know, when I did that one, did a whole bunch of versions from them. And I, and I think you had that, the company that hired me for that. I think you had them on here. Squares or what are they called? Um, they're out of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh, that's a thicket film yeah. company. I've worked so I worked with them on that. Okay, and for Outstate. Yep, there yep. I, I saw the Outstate commercial. So yep. they did that Outstate. Yep. Ah, yes. So you worked with Thicket. Yeah. That's, they, so they, they were, they'll they'll they'll, they'll awesome. continue to feed you work too. That's kind of how the network works, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, um, I mean. But on that one, the Autotel Power, you probably heard more like different than the Nissan. You know, sometimes it's not just always like it's for tough, but it's not tough. It's still welcoming and warm and trusting. Yep. You know, so you got to get that feel. But like your podcast intro, it, I mean, it doesn't always have to be this like epic. You know? Right. It, it, has, it, it just, can be natural. Yeah, totally. Na yeah, totally. Totally. So you kind of mentioned the, the bread and butter, especially getting started. And this is where I think the AI work is really going to start to displace some of the voice work, mm -hmm. probably not so much on like the national ad level or the commercial level yet. Maybe right. it will, but like really with like narrating a YouTube video or right. coming up with 
a voice to read a script for you for some type of intro, like that stuff, AI is doing that stuff now. Right. And it's, some of it's good. Some of it's not so good, not so natural sounding, right. but it's only a matter of time before it's essentially indistinguishable. Right. Um, where do you think that puts people? Obviously you are lucky enough to have gotten your start and gotten established with a, with, with a good, um, like you got a good portfolio. You have like, right. you have like done more serious things now, but where does the, where does the AI, have you looked into that? What that does for you? What yeah. that does for the industry? Not a whole bunch, but I, I, one of the sites I worked through actually, you know, they do like some pilot stuff. So they actually had me do an AI voice. Yeah. And, you know, basically said, Hey, you know, it was a way for clients thinking of hiring me to test my voice on their there script. You go. Yeah. So, so I've done a little of that. Here's my, my feeling. My hope is that people still like authenticity. Yeah. And I, I think there's value to that. I think a lot of these companies, you know, you could use an AI voice, but I think, you know, if, when they talk about their values and principles, you know, we're authentic, we believe, you know, it, it, to me, it rings a little hollow than <laughs> when you use an AI voice. And I think that's yeah. going to matter. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I heard about the school that like there was in it's, and it was like a tragic event at the school. Like it was like a school, I think it was at a college or something. There was like a shooting or something mm -hmm. and they sent out a AI generated like, you know, right. where, you know, right. Consult consoling letter to everyone. Right. It's like, Whoa, right. You know, like when you're trying to move people with emotion and I think that's going to be a cycle. The world, the world runs through with AI yeah. is we're going to like, people will think it's really cool for a while. They're going to start yeah. making music with it. They're going to start doing all the easy low hanging fruit with this AI. But then at some point we as humans will run our cycle of gravitating towards authentic creativity right? and gravitating back towards like, Oh, I kind of want it to sound a little bit less perfect or a little bit more raw. I want there to be at least right. a little bit of human variance right. involved in what's happening here. In the voice over industry, we call that dirtying it up, making it dirty. So you do a voiceover, just a little side thing for you since you want to get into voiceover. I don't know if I want to get into yeah, yeah. it. I don't know if I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm necessarily interested in getting into it. Okay. It'd be, I mean, I, I don't know if I, if it's, if it, if it would be something for me or not. I know people that, that, uh, that I have known in life that have really good voices right. that I'm going to recommend this episode to right. who are, who have wanted to get into voice work for sure though. Right. So. Well, let's, let's, I, I can't count on one or two hands. How many clients have come to me I said, Bob, here's what we got. We used an AI voice. We don't like it. Can you do it? Really? So, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Happens Dang. all the time. Okay. So they go, I'll call it the cheap route. Mm. You know, they go get an AI, whatever. They're thinking this is going to suffice. And then now they're coming back saying it doesn't work. You know, so that's happening quite a bit, actually. Mm. Um, I still think, though, there's nuances with the real person that AI will never achieve. That's just my feeling. And I think I also think like you said, we'll never say never. Well, okay. I won't say but, never, but, but, but it, I, we're I, a ways hope. away from like, yeah. I, I notice, and there's so much pause and especially when you're, when you're reading to a music bed or like taught, like literally doing a voiceover for a commercial, there's so much nuance to that. Yeah. Like knowing when to cut off and let something carry and right. add the emotional touch. Right. There's just, there's there. We are a long ways away from it. I believe. But back to like your story. I mean, if you find out, you know, okay, you're maybe listening to an audio book, right? And you know, it's an AI voice. I mean, it's just for me, it's like, yeah. a, you know, I'd rather hear a real person tell me this yep. story. Did you, so yeah. your wife, at the beginning of your story, you mentioned your wife said you should get into audio books or something. I tried it. it that was never, my, okay, I tried it. You so, never did a book or did you? I did. You did. I did. <laughs> I did uh, two books, I think. I'm horrible at it. I'll tell yeah. you a funny story. Okay, so I, I get a book, and it's kind of like this um, a little bit sci-fi, like vampire kind of werewolf book. I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I'm thinking, I'll do anything. You know, you've got a book. I'll do it. Let's go, you know. And you have to have stamina to do oh a book. Oh, you you Because here's the thing. Let's say it's, it's a 10, 10 20,000 pages, whatever, right? Or that's words, 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 <laughs> not pages. Holy cow. And 
you and you want to sound the same through all of the five hours of audio. Okay. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to sit down in one take and do that. Right. So now you've recorded, let's say the first hour. Now you got to come back the next day. You got to sound the same as you did in the first hour. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that's audio setup, you know, all of that, your energy level, how close you are to the mic. Yeah. You know, prox called proximity effect. Yep. How far? So you know you're met. You're, you're measuring. All of this has to be just right. Dang. But not just that. So when I did this book. There was like five or six main characters. These like werewolf and vampire. Your voices. Uh, yeah, I thought. You yeah. know what? I'm taking it to the next level. So I got all into this, and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm impersonating female voices. I'm trying to be like Dracula. I'm doing. I'm doing all. I'm like into this. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm going for it. And uh, halfway through, I realized I had changed up the voices for the character. So, like, earlier, like, let's say John was the deep Dracula voice. Well, now another character had become – I totally forgot where I was at. Yeah. It was horrible. It happens. And I yeah. <laughs> There you go. So I realized, like, I you know, it, I don't know, audiobooks maybe. The, and then and I didn't have it, – it's a lot of work. Huh. It, it's hours and hours of, well, recording and then editing. Oh, and yeah. you have to clean all. The, I mean, it is it is some heavy, but some people love it. That's all they do is audiobooks. Well, I imagine if you're really proficient at it, it you can cut a lot of that out. The, right. the more you do, the the simpler and more streamlined the process becomes. You know, yeah. I mean, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. So you did a couple books, and yeah. that's not for me. Books. I knew books quickly. not for me. Quickly. You like the. Uh, TV, the narrating TV commercial. So is that what you would like future outlook for you? What yeah. would be the type of work that, that you, I mean, any, whatever pays the bills is the work you want, but like, yeah. what's your like dream work or dream project to try to get into or work on in the future? Yeah. Well, the great thing about the work, and I'm grateful for this, the work I do now, this mostly commercial work is they're normally really short, but the pay is the best. So, I mean, I'm where I want to be as far as voiceover work goes. I think, though, a goal, I say this to my wife all the time, you know, I've done some national stuff, but I would love one day to get a gig like um, almost like Deadly's Catch, where, you know, where you get to do one of these like shows that's like a national discovery or, you know, ESP, something like that. And you're the voice. You're yeah, the guy. That would, yep. that would, that's like, a, you know, that's up on yep. the shelf way up there. Yep. You know, it's good to have goals, but, you know, could happen, maybe not, but that is one up there. That would be a cool, awesome job to get. Yeah. 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 Like, like the next, that's kind of like the next step. If you're looking at kind of where your career trajectory has gone and where your right. path has gone, like uh, the next, like going from one of these smaller sort of relatively less known TV right. productions right. to something a little bit bigger and right. something that's right. like a little bit more of like a full time. Yep kind of forget about doing some other stuff and focus right. on this one big project. Right. <clears throat> gotcha. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to add from your story or like a story you want to tell before I get into uh, mistakes and advice? Um, no, just, just at some point we talked about before the show, yeah. but you know, getting those two, we'll get in the second part about, you know, trying to see if other people are interested in, yeah, it's going to work like how you. they can get a hold yeah, of you yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah we'll yeah. get that. We'll get that okay. in at the end for sure. How they can get a hold of you okay. if they're interested in, in, All right. in if you, cause you, you're looking to try and get out some other people involved in it. Yeah, well, again, it's, uh, you know, doing this alone is great, <coughs> whatever, but you know, you, you are alone in this endeavor. You know, you walk out the house, you go out in your pajamas, your coffee, which is, I mean, it sounds great, hmm. but you're not, you don't have coworkers, you're not around anybody. You do this work. Um, and I, and I think it would be kind of healthy where, you know, you build a group of other people that want to get into voiceovers or are doing it and, uh, just want to are in the same boat, but where you get together once a month, you know, whatever, and you spend an hour together and you share information, support each other. I think it'd be a great thing. That would be great. I'm all about connecting community. Yeah. So we'll talk, we'll okay. make that, we'll make yeah. that happen for sure. Um, how about uh, mistakes, oh, biggest man. mistake you've made throughout your career, whether it be in your corrections career right. If something, if you have like some mistake you made that you care to share about there or something in voiceovers, uh, let me think a uh, correction story would be pretty cool. If you oh, could dig one well, of those up. <laughs> well, yeah. Some of those I can't probably share. can't. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I made a lot of mistakes there. <laughs> um, let me think in the voiceover industry. Uh, well, 
I mean, this I'm not specific, but I make this mistake quite a bit. Um, is for some, you know, you're going through a script and you see words, you're doing it, and there have been times I there's some words I say incorrectly. Okay, hmm. one roof. I have a tendency to say roof. I do too. Okay. Roof? Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? I know. Well, What's wrong I, know, with that? I know, but clients don't like it. And then <laughs> another one I have a problem with is alcohol. My kids make fun of me all the time. I say alcohol. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> but. Okay. 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 So, yeah, but when you do a, like a big ad and you and you say. Like when you're trying to get jobs for yeah. Budweiser, you <laughs> might want to get that one right. <laughs> The best part is either you know, the clients are so nice, like, hey, Bob, you know, um, I don't know if we had a typo of the script there, but <laughs> it's it's not alcohol. <laughs> so, or I did one for um, NASA. NASA? Yeah. yeah. I did one for NASA. Okay. You know what I, what I called them? <laughs> what did you call them? NASA. <laughs> NASA. <laughs> you what? NASA. Dang. Yeah. They said, Bob, we love the whole thing. <laughs> do you know we're called NASA? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So, okay. I, so those so that's are, a pretty big mistake. They, they, yeah. But they just roll with, they just roll roll with it. it. They roll with it. They roll with it. And I roll with it. There Even though I'm dying, I'm like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or there's some obvious word that, you know, is just a normal word. And I totally say it. Oh, here's another word I've, I've done. Um, I can't even think of what. And then there's some words I struggle with. Like this mm-hmm. happened in Minneapolis. R E G U L. A-R-L-Y. Regularly? Yep. So I know that word. I struggle with it, right? So I'm at, before I went up to the studio there, I'm drinking water. I'm doing tongue twisters. <laughs> I'm saying the word regularly 55 times over and over that again. That probably didn't help. No. Made it worse. <laughs> so I get up there. As soon as we start, of course, it's in the first line. And I'm like, you know, it was for a, a roofing company. <laughs> So I had to worry about that too. So it's like the shingles and they're like, it's so getting like, and then, you know, the regular little, and I start stumbling right as I get to it. I'm like, Oh my, I mean, I'm ready to die. So I worked my way through that, but you know, so there's those mistakes happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a fun job. I, I'm grateful every day I get up and get to do this. I, I love it. Um, and I hope I can do it like, so I can't do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like eventually the, the voice does deteriorate. I wonder at what point in life the voice starts to deteriorate. Have you looked I into that? I think it's going to get better. See, I, it could I, get better. I think it's going to. Well, it gets to different uses. Right. Different stages of life. You're going to be, be you'll doing be the used for man. different things. Yeah, the old man. There you go. That's right. There you could do it till the day you die. <laughs> you really could. Right. You really could do voice work till the day you die. Start smoking a couple cigars. Get the voice more. You know. There you go. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> how about uh, how about best business advice? All right, best business advice. Here's what I say specifically for voiceovers. Yeah, uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yep. well, I'll, I'll keep it to voiceover since there might be people interested in getting into this. First off, it's not the voice. I mean, it, it helps. I mean, if you got a good voice, I'd say maybe. But most of the companies I work with, especially nowadays, I don't get hired because of my voice. They don't want this voice. They want a regular voice. The person next door, uh, it can be quirky, unique. They're they're totally fine with that. The biggest thing you have to be able to do is when you see the copy and script. The first question I ask is, who's the audience? Who who's who's the listener in this? Who are you trying to draw in with this? Right. Mm-hmm. Next is, what feeling do you want them to feel when they hear this? So you know, I'm asking these right questions, and then, like I said, you don't have to have a great voice. The biggest thing is when they listen, does it move them? Like, do they listen and go, oh, yeah, I can connect with that. Hmm. If you're able to do that, that's that's like, that's going to separate you from everybody else because everybody has good voices that does voiceovers. Hmm. Everybody sounds good. But do you have that little extra sprinkle where you connect with the listener? That's the person that gets hired. There you go. And that there's a lot of parallels. That... That was for voice specific, but you take your industry there. What when when he was given that advice and whatever your, whatever however that applies to your industry because that that is huge. Lots of people, different people are going to be doing what you're doing right. in life, 
And the, the difference between being really, really good at it or taking the next step is being able to connect with your customer, connect right. with the, the audience, right. you know, in any art. So that's awesome. And the next thing is this unrelenting service, mm. uh, unrelenting. Like, you know, if I get uh, a client from Russia, and this, this happens like all the time and you know, they're in a different time zone uh, and I've got my phone by me 24 seven and I get, a, you know, pops up. Hey, Bob, I know it's uh, late where you're at, but we really need this, you know, and I'm like, well, it's 10 o'clock or whatever, you know, could you get it to us here in the next hour? I'll get up and I'll go do it. Yeah. I'll go do it. And not only that, I'll give them five versions and I'll say, Hey, I'll stay and wait for you to get back with me to, mm. you know, so every time you get a job, you have to think one, okay, I'm grateful they hired me. I'm not desperate. I mean, there's a difference. I'm grateful you hired me. I'm going to give you some quality deliverables here but you're going to do it fast. You're going to be, when they say, Hey, we need this. I get back to them. I mean, it is just unrelenting quality service. Yep. People love that. Yep. And I mean, everybody loves that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how can people get a hold of you? Then? Yeah. What's the best way? Their website. Yeah. So they could, I don't think they'd say it on here. Or, yeah. Yeah. So you can go to bobbakersvoice.com. Um, my, there's a contact form on there. My email is V O at bobbakersvoice.com. Okay. Um, and if you search the internet, you're going to find me. Yep. And basically, what I what I'll put out there to people is if you're interested in voiceovers, um, you're interested and in, you have questions about it, uh, and again, you don't have to have a, quote, great voice. Um, you just have to have a passion for it and you want to get into it. You can do it as a hobby. You can do it as a side gig from your home. You know, you have your regular job and you kind of do it as a dabble in it. Uh, eventually you could do it full time if you want to. Um, but what I, what I'm putting out there is one, it's never too late to, to find something new. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. And it, and, and it was a changing, uh, I mean, when I think of my life and the, all the different jobs and the experiences and all that, this has probably been the greatest thing that's happened to me, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah like, like I discovered this creative side of me that just loves this work. Yeah. So that that's one thing. And the other again is if you're interested, reach out to me. I'd love to form a group of people, get together, meet once a month, hmm. talk about voiceovers, whatever, um, and help you get into it. Awesome. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to get that website. I'll get your website okay. in the episode description so people can get a hold okay. of you. You can always get a hold of the show. Um, that email is in the episode description as well. Reach out to me. Um, if that, and, and I'll get you connected with Bob, we'll, we'll get something to go in with, with people who are interested in doing voice work. That sounds like a pretty fun, pretty fun group to be a part of yeah. for sure. Just to see, see what that's all about. So, right. um, we didn't really talk about getting into character Yeah, and I think it's only fitting that I ask you to get into character okay. before we get out of here. Oh, geez. Is there, is there, is that, is that okay? Yeah. So what's, yeah. what's the process there? Because you are, obviously you don't sound like, uh, you're the Ford tough man right. necessarily no. when we're just having conversations, yeah. but what's the process of getting into character then? Yeah. So for me, music is the key. So music is the give, key. give me a Ford. Is this, is this not, that's not no. good. That's not good music. So, so what I do. <laughs> no. Is, no, 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 no. <laughs> What I do is I ask every client, mm. if you know, if you have the music bed you're going to use, or if you have an idea of the music bed you're going to use, send it to me. Mm. It is a, it, to me, it's a, it's a game changer because I hate it when I'll, I'll do a spot, mm. even some bigger ones. And like, no, we don't know, Bob, just do your thing, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, okay. So you, you do this recording and then it comes out like, well, man, if I knew the music was going to be that intense, I would, or that, you know. It really plays a part because it's not just your voice. It is all of it together. The yeah. voice, the music, the visuals, it's it's all together. And you want your voice, your de your delivery to complement all those things. Yeah. They have to sync, right? Yes. So for me, it's the music. If I get the music and I'm doing Ford Tough, there's some Ford Tough music going on. Yeah. So I wear closed back headphones so nothing bleeds out into the microphone. And I put my jams on. And I get into four tough. So they'll send you, <laughs> they'll send you the yep. music yep. and then you will record your voice and then somebody else will master it and balance it and cut it. And you do all that too with the I, music. I no, Well, I do all of that. So I do, I produce radio ads too. So like if, 
client says, hey, Bob, we need a radio ad, which I got some today. Yeah. They send me the script. They'll even say, Bob, can you adjust the words and make it better? And then I'll add the music, sound effects, do the voiceover, and deliver them a radio-ready file that they'll run on the local radio. Um, but yeah, but for normal clients, if, it's, if there's no music added, I'll master it, I'll clean it up, I'll normalize it so the volume's right, and off I go. I, I never get anything back for audio quality, ever. But it's taken years hmm. to dial that in. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well... I appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> it's been I, fun. I it, wouldn't talk too much. No, no. It was actually, I, I think that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good, pretty good uh, episode. We went for about an hour, okay. a little over an hour. I really appreciate hearing your story. And hopefully some people who are, if it, maybe you didn't even know that this was something that you wanted to get into, but maybe you heard, oh, there's a voice guy, voiceover guy. Like, yeah, I'd be interested in that voice once a month voiceover group or yeah. whatever. Let's get something going. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. Could I, uh, could I just have you do my sponsor role here? I'll throw on my yeah. outro music. You yeah. got, you got the list there for you. You can do it. Thanks for listening to the Fergus Falls business spotlight. Uh, you, oh, you got to get your glasses. Gotta, yeah. yeah. It's important. I'm, I'm a whole man, dude. I can't <laughs> it's see It's important, it. you know? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, I've got some good, I'm always looking for guests. You know, I've, I've got a good, uh, good list of people that are like kind of on the fence. If you're out there listening and you want to get on the show, don't hesitate to reach out to me at ffbspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to get all you guys on the show. So we are, uh, we're going to get it, out. Is it the Stumbinos Elevate Victor Lundin's Hotel 8, that one? That's it. That's it. Right, so you, you can just say thanks, thanks for listening to the show. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. We got our sponsors are Stumbinos Elevate Victor Lundin's Hotel 8, Biffley's Bookmark, and last but not least, Lakes Area Grow Company. There you go. Bob, thank you very much for joining the show. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with more of these.